Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Anna Kabeca. Welcome to my Couch Talk, an intimate place for conversation relating to your health in a shameless, guiltless fashion. Today, we are so excited. I'm really thrilled to have a dear friend of mine on, Dr. Jen Landa. And we are going to talk about the five hidden energy robbers that speak into our in our daily lives and why we may be just crashing or just feeling, you know, like we've lost our edge or tired and how we want to get that spark back. So I want to introduce you to my dear friend, Dr. Jen Landa. She has, um, she is the hormone expert MD. She's a fellow obstetrician and gynecologist. She's a sexual health expert. We call her the sexpert. And she's also chief medical officer of Body Logic MD. She's the author of the book, The Sex Drive Solution for Women, which is an Amazon bestseller. And she's the creator of the Endless Energy Program, also creator of Rewire Your Desire, a program to help women face life and re- with renewed energy and passion. And Jen just walks her talk. I mean, she is the Energizer Bunny, bunny and she's, you know, she struggled. So we'll have her share some of her story with us, too. She incorporates, you know, conventional medicine, anti-aging medicine, you know, restorative medicine and integrative medicine, combining in her medical practice hormones, nutrition, supplements, and key lifestyle changes. So what I love about Dr. Jen is she really has created this beautiful framework with easy-to-follow practices. She's a busy mom, wife, physician, and is a tremendous resource and inspiration to so many people. Her accessible style has made her a favorite among women seeking solutions for health issues from PMS, baby blues, and low libido, to hot flashes, vaginal dryness, and menopausal mood swings. She has been on Dr. Oz, Fox News with Dr. Manny Alvarez, and Shape Magazine, also featured in Elle, Men's Health, and so much more. Jen, it's awesome to have you here today on Couch Talk. Thanks so much, Anna. I love being here with you. Thank you. As always, I love being with you, too. So uh, Dr. Jen and I, for our audience, we are actually, uh, we lecture together. We've lectured um, on similar topics, especially in the area of women's sexual health and just the issue of sexual health. And really, like when I created Couch Talk, have done so much to really make this place a safe place to go. Quality information with high integrity, high ethics, and, you know, cutting edge medical science, as well as incorporating world's ancient wisdom strategies. And one of the things I love about Jen is she's a a fellow physician educator. So she is, you know, part of her mission is getting other physicians on board to practice in their life mission and really to practice restorative medicine, empowering the patient. And what we feel is that we want to empower our patients to be healthy, right? So we, we, you maintain your power. In today's um, interview, Jen's going to teach us some of these five hidden energy robbers. When we are weak, we give our, it's easier for us to give our power away, our personal power away. So it's important to know where we're losing it. Today we're going to go over some of those things. But I want Jen to tell you about her history, a little bit about, um, you know, what brought her to practice medicine this way. So, Dr. Jen, will you share that with us? Of course. Well, Anna, first I just want to say it is such an honor to be here with you today. I just, you know how, first of all, I just love hanging out with you. But second of all, to be on Couch Talk, this safe space that you've created for women to really be able to delve into these issues that honestly, 
we don't really talk so much about with our friends or with anybody else and even our physicians because for the most part, unfortunately, with, you know, you and I both know when we were trained as OBGYNs, there was a lot of information, I guess, what I'd call missing at this point, you know, and it's, and it's not, it's not your, it's not your OBGYN's fault if they don't know what to tell you, but unfortunately, a lot of times they tell you, well, you know, that's just the way it is if you're tired or you don't have um, sex drive, you know, all of these things that I've suffered with in the past, you know, I didn't know how to help myself and I didn't know how to help my patients. And that might be why your doctor doesn't know how to help you. But that's why I think it's so unbelievable, Anna, that you've created this couch talk time for women who need it, who need to hear what's going on for themselves in this safe space. And you delve into so much more than just the nuts and bolts of what's going on in our health. You you also go into the spirituality of it and you just you just really bring your own vulnerability and your own beautiful self to it. And I just want to commend you for it and thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm I'm so excited to share with you today. Mm, thank you. Thank you so much. You know I love you too. <laughs> Appreciate your comments. Thank you. So so you wanted to know a little bit how I got into this, and um, mm-hmm. it really dates back. It's getting longer and longer ago, which just tells me how old I'm getting. But um, about 17 years ago, I was about 28 years old. I was in my, um, I was like in transitioning from my like third to fourth year of OBGYN residency, my last year of OBGYN residency, and that was the time when I really started to you know, something something that was a problem was getting to the point where we couldn't ignore it anymore. Basically, I had no libido. I was only married to my husband for three years, and sex had been this really important part of our lives, and it just was going downhill. Like, I stopped initiating, then I started avoiding it, and then we were on vacation, which usually in the past we would call sexcation. You know, we had so much fun that way. Mm-hmm. Because it was you know, a relaxed time where we could really reunite and and rekindle things and the, but this one particular vacation I'll never forget we were we were trying to be intimate you know the fire was lit the candles were lit the music was just right but things were not just right with us you know it was it was awkward it wasn't it just wasn't going well and I just had no drive no libido it wasn't feeling right and finally my husband just stopped and said what's wrong with you? Aren't you in love with me anymore? Aren't you attracted to me anymore? Because it doesn't seem like you are. And I was really shocked that, you know, but basically it had been this elephant in the room that we haven't been talking about. So I'll tell you right now, if you're listening to this and you haven't been having intimacy and you haven't been talking about it, believe me, your partner might be thinking about it more than you think. And what my partner was thinking was that it all meant, it all was a reflection on him that I didn't, love him or care about him or find him attractive and really to me I felt like it was all something going in on inside of me you know I was broken something was wrong I I had no sex drive but I think the worst part of all was I couldn't figure out what I was supposed to do about it here I am an OBGYN and I have no idea what to do so really I didn't do anything we just kind of muddled through and you know I kind of had sex when I you know out of guilt as often as I could and Eventually, of course, things progressed and I, I got pregnant and we had, we had a baby, my beautiful son, who's now 15, unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And 
But back then, I will tell you something that I share now and then, and and it's it's uncomfortable and it's embarrassing, but I think it helps a lot of people to hear this. The six, first six months of my son's life were probably the worst months of my life ever for so many reasons, but the, I think the biggest reason was that I was just exhausted. And the worst part was that even once he started to sleep through the night and I started to sleep through the night, I was still exhausted. And I was exhausted no matter how much sleep I got. And I was just kind of just going downhill more and more and more. Like I took on this mom persona and I got a mom haircut. I was wearing mom jeans, mom bathing suits. I got out of shape. I was grumpy all the time. I was tired all the time. I didn't want to spend any time with my kid. And I was really, it was just kind of awful. And, but he still didn't know what to do. And so I was kind of just, you know, going along and trying to figure out, you know, of course I had my thyroid checked and I had my blood count checked and all those typical things and nothing was showing up as anything. And then it got to the point where it was even bad at work. I used to love being an OBGYN and doing surgery and doing deliveries. And especially when there was an emergency, I loved coming in, doing the C-section, getting the baby out quick and saving the day, essentially. You know, mm -hmm. I just loved that adrenaline surge. You know what I'm talking about because you did it too. Mm -hmm. But it, I got to the point where I was so burnt out that even that, Anna, felt so so challenging that I got I got to the point where I couldn't deal with the stress. My heart would be pounding out of my chest. I felt like my life was on the line every time I was doing something like that. And it got so bad to the point where I just, I'll never forget one time after doing a delivery, I was doing the paperwork at the nurse's station. I, I just put my head down on the desk and started bawling because I just realized what, what a bad place my life was in. I, I felt like a terrible wife. I felt like a terrible mom. I felt like a, a terrible, you know, I wasn't good at my job. You know, what did I really have left in my life that I was doing well? I, I felt like there was nothing. I felt guilty all the time and miserable. And I just knew that something had to change. And and that was when I realized that I, I had to change something in a big way. So I actually stopped delivering babies, stopped doing surgery, and started looking for answers. And that's when I went on my whole path to discover about, you talked about before, regenerative medicine, functional medicine, preventive medicine, bioidentical hormones, nutrition. You know, as we always talk about doctors in, in medical school, we don't learn anything about nutrition very sadly. But, oh my gosh, and this just opened my eyes to a whole new world that I realized all the things that I was doing that were wrong, really that weren't helping me, weren't serving me, and were actually contributing to my being exhausted and, and feeling like crap and having no sex drive and all of the stuff that was going on with me, I realized there were, there were actually ways to fix it, and I didn't just have to live like that. And over the years, I got better and better, and then I started to use those, those techniques with my patients, and then I was able to help thousands of people, and it was, it was unbelievable, and even like you said, Dr. Oz came knocking on my door. Hey, Dr. Jen, can you come on and give us some of your fatigue solutions? And it was just unbelievable to me that out of the struggle that I had struggled through for years, I was able to finally find answers. And and that's why I love coming on here to to talk to the people who are listening about, first of all, to tell you there is hope. There's 
so much that you can do. And and even if your doctors told you this is just the way it is and you have to live like this, that's not true. And I just now I just love being able to give that message. And that's why I create the programs I do, like Rewire Your Desire and and Endless Energy. And and I'm so excited to share it all with you today. Well, and it's so true. You made so many excellent points there. First of all, something that you loved and were passionate about because your tank was empty, right? The hormonal changes, et cetera, from depletion caused you to lack the enjoyment in what you used to love, right? And that's so true in our relationship. Like, I, I love my, you say, I love my relationship. I love my husband. I love my spouse. I love my kids. But I'm not, I'm not having enjoyment. I'm not having a satisfaction. Where's the joy, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's like nothing's changed or, or, or the things like, you know, this is funny because I, I talk to physicians about burnout and, um, and, and one of the, the key things is it's like, okay, our, our patients don't have any new complaints, right? They're the same ones we've been hearing for a decade, basically. I mean, there are changes, certainly we've seen a trend, but, but basically that stuff with employees are basically the same, right? So what happens, right? Our, our, um, tolerance decreases, our um, enjoyment, our drive decreases, it's almost, it becomes a job versus our passion, which is the only reason that, you know, really that, that we go through the hazing years of residency, medical school, continue medical education, et cetera, that we do is because we have a passion to help people. And you found a way to give back your passion and live your passion through your experience while maintaining, you know, uh, sanity, right? And that's so true. And um, for so many people listening, that feel like in that feel um, uh, enslaved by by their work, by their responsibilities, by their lack of energy. What is, let's let's talk about some of the things that that we can do now to regain to regain our spark, to regain that drive. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think one of the biggest things is understanding what are the what are the drivers here. You know, we mm-hmm. you know the women listening. I know that you know that we've got an exhaustion epidemic on our hands. You know, I I always, you know, I, I really pay homage to our four mothers and four sisters who broke through the glass ceiling and made it possible for women like Anna and I to be doctors and you to do whatever you're doing out there as a career or as a homemaker. And, you know, we have these beautiful choices, but, you know, unfortunately, more and more women, you know, we're in the workplace or even we're the primary breadwinners. And at home, we still have more than 50% of the responsibility. And it's just too much. You know, we think we can, we're told we can have it all and we should have it all. And in the effort to try to have it all, we're driving ourselves into this, this exhaustion epidemic. And we're, we're exhausted and we're, our tank is depleted, like Anna was saying, and we're just not enjoying it. And so many women come into my office and one of them summed it up really well saying she just felt like she was living at 50% capacity. You know, it wasn't horrible, but it just wasn't good. And she wanted more than that. And so there's, so you know that part of the reason that you're exhausted is because of your busy life, right? You've got stress because you've got a boss who's a jerk, or you've got stress because you're running your kids from here to there and everywhere, or you've got stress because your mother-in-law is a pain in the neck, or whatever it is, your 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 parents are sick. You know, there's a lot of things in your life that you have that are stressful that are going on that you don't necessarily have so much control over, and they and they exhaust you. But the thing that I want to talk about today 
or the fact that, so those things are all stressors, right? And stress makes mm -hmm. us tired, yes, in a very simple fashion of, of understanding it. And we can go more deeper, we can go deeper later. But the other thing to understand is that there's a such thing as physical stress. And a lot of people don't think about it and don't understand the toll that physical stress can take. And what I think that's so important is that, and that's so great, is that with these physical stressors, we actually have a lot more control over them than some than sometimes what we do over the emotional stressors. And if we get control over these physical stressors, it can give us more more reserve and more energy left over to deal with the emotional stressors. And then, like you said, Anna, if we're stronger, we can actually get control over some of those emotional situations as well, like, you know, standing up for ourselves sometimes when we need to. I think a lot of us fall, you know, into, I mean, this is on a, on more the emotional side, and we have to deal with that too, you know, setting more boundaries and, you know, taking care of our emotional, spiritual side. But I think it starts, one of the easiest places sometimes to make changes is the physical side of things, understanding what the physical stressors are and how we can make an impact on them. Yeah, exactly. So let's talk about some of those physical stressors. Sure. So I have an acronym is my way of remembering it, and it's basically CRASH, because these are the reasons mm -hmm. that you're crashing. So CRASH, the C stands for cortisol overload and depletion. The R is for reactions, which are food reactions. The A is for adrenal toxin. The S is for the sugar roller coaster. And the H is for hormones. Okay, run through that again. So C is for cortisol highs and lows. Yeah, C is for cortisol highs and lows. The R is for reactions, which are food reactions. The A mm -hmm. is for adrenal toxins. The S is for the sugar roller coaster. And the H is for hormones. Great, okay. And uh, so let's go through some of, uh, let's talk about the cortisol highs and lows. I know that you offer, you're offering a great quiz about burning up, burning out, and burning low. Um, right. So let's, that relates to cortisol in a lot of ways. It does. So if you go to, I'll give this to you again, but if you go to jenlandamd.com slash Dr. Anna, we have a great quiz for you which is going to tell you what stage, what energy state you're in. So what do I mean by that? You know, when I talk about cortisol, and I know you find the same thing, Anna, probably, people say, oh, cortisol, I know about that. Bad, high cortisol is bad because I, that can make, give me belly fat. And so people think, okay, so if high cortisol is bad, well, then low cortisol has got to be good. So let's talk about that because neither one is really the case. What you want is you want to have balanced cortisol. I, I call cortisol a Goldilocks hormone. You know, Goldilocks found the porridge too hot or too cold, and she wanted it just right. Well, cortisol, you want your cortisol to be just right. So when I say cortisol overload and depletion or cortisol highs and lows, what happens is we go through different stages of energy burnout, and it all relates to your adrenal glands and how much cortisol they're putting out. So your adrenal glands are these small glands. They sit on top of your kidneys. They're responsible for making cortisol. And cortisol, in some ways, you can think about as your stress hormone. So you make cortisol when you're stressed, but you also need cortisol to deal with stress. 
So what happens initially when we're stressed is we make a lot of cortisol, and that's what I call burning up. And burning up makes me think of a patient that I call frantic franny. And frantic franny is the kind of woman who she's rushing around all the time. She's overwhelmed. She's got a to-do list a mile long. And she basically, she can't sit down. She can never relax. She's never sitting still. She has mm-hmm. trouble sleeping at night because she's so wired. She's what we call stressed and wired, right? She's, um, she's, she's tired sometimes, but she's wired also. She, she might have anxiety, even heart palpitations. She craves sugar. She's running into the conference room, grabbing the donuts, running out. She seems scattered all the time. You have to tell her things several times before she'll remember them. And, you know, it's, and if you're a frantic franny, you'll know what I mean. You, you, you go on vacation and it takes you the entire vacation just to feel relaxed. And then it's time to go back to the, back to the grind. And that, and, and you're gaining weight and it's hard to lose weight. And that's all burning up, which is a high cortisol state. But if you're burning up long enough or severe enough, then you get into the stages of burning low and burning out. And if you're burning low, you're like a patient of mine I call Drain Donna. And Drain Donna, she would wake up in the morning tired. She had to have some coffee to get going. When she had her coffee and she was all right, you know, if you're like Drain Donna, you probably feel best in the morning. You can you schedule all of your really important work stuff to happen in the morning because that's when you're sharpest. And but you know, so you're pretty good at like nine, ten a.m. But then within a couple of hours, you're feeling like you're crashing again. You eat some lunch, maybe you feel a little better for a little while, but then within a couple of hours, by two to four p.m. or so, you're crashing again. And then you're looking for some coffee, some sugary snacks, things like that. So if you're like Dream Donna, you feel like you're just always pushing yourself to get through the day. Dream Donna was was the patient who said she felt like she was living at 50% capacity. Like she could push herself through, and but that was what it was. Every day was a struggle. Every day she was pushing herself. And then she was tired in the evening to make dinner, but she she did. You know, she made dinner for her family, and then she would, you know, crash out on the couch watching TV, be exhausted, drag herself off to bed, and off to do the same thing the next day. And that's when you're burning low. And then burning out is a patient of mine who I think about named Exhausted Emma. And Exhausted Emma, you don't have to be in menopause. Exhausted Emma is like a perfect example of the fact that you don't have to be in menopause to be going through these stages. You know, she was only in her 30s and had young kids, but she was just so exhausted from the moment she woke up to the moment she went to sleep she would drag herself out of bed to get her kids ready for school, get them off to the bus stop, and literally just drag herself home, and the rest of the day was on the couch. And she felt guilty all the time because she didn't have enough energy to clean her house. She didn't have enough energy to make good food for her kids. She's, her husband always looked at her and said, what's wrong? She's gone to the doctor. The doctor didn't have any answers for her. If you're like exhausted, Emma, you know what I'm talking about. You catch every little bug that comes your way. You feel sick a lot. Uh, you, you, get, you get sick to your stomach a lot. It feels like there are a lot of foods that you might not be able to eat and all kinds of stuff. And that's burning it out and, and that you can't handle stress. And that's when I got to the stage where I said that I couldn't even, you know, deliver babies or get into the operating room or anything anymore. 
I I was really burning out. I was an exhausted Emma, but I was still like putting one foot in front of the other, going to the hospital and doing everything I had to do, being a mom. And but it was killing me. It took everything. And and you know what I mean if this is you. And and this is and this is severe cortisol depletion usually, not severe enough to qualify for a disease because unfortunately, as doctors, you know, Anna will tell you too, we weren't trained in these different stages of adrenal dysfunction, basically, is what we're talking about here. We weren't taught, taught about burning up, burning low, and burning out. We were only taught disease states, and we weren't, but we weren't, we weren't taught how to help people feel optimally. So true, so true. I mean, we're, we, if it's not something that we can classify as a disease or a syndrome, versus, you know, treating a symptom, it's it's not, we weren't shown, I mean, really, the, the idea of being shown how to fix, address the underlying, underlying issues versus, okay, this is what's being presented, this is the syndrome or the diagnosis it falls under, because unfortunately, I mean, a big part of that is how is it diagnosed, coded, and and paid for by insurances, so it's a really big shame. All right, Jen, keep going because this is so important for our listeners. I know we're we're hearing, um, you know, people in each of those categories, and I've been in every single one of them at one time or another. <laughs> oh yeah, and you know what's interesting, you know, one thing that people you know will question me about is, well, you know, sometimes I feel like that, and sometimes I feel like that. So yes, these energy states—they're not energy types that you're like born with and live with forever, you know. I've recovered from all of those, but believe me, it's not like my life is perfect all the time either. I get into that burning up stage pretty easily, actually, if I don't take good care of myself, because, you know, I do have a stressful life. I have lots going on. I have two kids. They're 12 and 15. I have a husband. I have a busy job. I have a busy life, you know, and, and, you know, like, and like Anna said, we travel the world teaching other physicians how to do what we do. And so, you know, certainly when I get in different time zones and stuff, it's easy sometimes to really fall off the wagon and get into that burning up stage. And, and even when, if I've been burning up for long enough, sometimes it only takes a couple of days, maybe even a week. If I'm kind of burning up and burning the candle at both ends and not sleeping enough and, you know, all kinds of things. And I'll even get into the burning low state. And that's when I really know, Oh, 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 I got to get back on my program really strict. And the good news is I'm able to snap back much more quickly than I ever was before. And so, like I said, not every day is perfect, and I'm not expecting that for me, for you, for anybody, but um, but you can be a lot better than where you are right now. So if you take the energy quiz, you'll learn if you're burning, burning up, burning low, or burning out, and I've made a video for each one of those states to tell you more about this whole, to review this whole crash concept with you, each one of the things that are causing physical hidden energy robbers that are causing you to crash. And I make recommendations for supplements to help you because one of the big things, so I've got, you know, this three weeks to endless energy program and there are five steps that I use to help women bring their energy back within three weeks and women or men really, but a lot of this is geared toward women. And, um, and one of the, and one of the big things that I think can help us more quickly get on the right path is having the right supplements. But it depends whether you're burning up, burning low, or burning out, what the right supplements for you are. So that's what I think is important to start at the beginning. And the beginning is finding out what energy what energy type you are, what energy state you're in. 
And um, and so then some of the other things, the, the rest of crash. So food reactions. Food reactions are one that really shocks a lot of people. When I talk about food reactions, of course, I'm not talking about a food allergy because I know you might be saying to yourself, Dr. Jen, I don't have an allergy. You know, my lips don't blow up when I eat strawberries. I don't stop breathing when I eat peanuts or something like that. So those are true allergies. Those are reactions that happen right in the moment when you eat that bad food. But what happens with a food reaction is it could take three days for your body to have the reaction. And the reaction can be pretty subtle. One of the big ones being fatigue, sucking your energy. And it's so subtle, how do you really know if you eat a food three days ago that's causing your energy to drop three days later, how would you know that? Especially since most of us, you probably eat the same foods day after day after day. And I'm talking about some pretty common foods here that are the most common ones that I find. The most common ones, are really gluten, which is in bread products, you know, it's a protein and flour, or and dairy. Gluten and dairy are the two most common I find. And I know you're groaning to yourself, oh gosh, you want me to go gluten and dairy free? Are you kidding? Well, mm -hmm. you know what? I at the at the at the behest of our good friend JJ Virgin, I went gluten and dairy free about two years ago, and I didn't think there was any way I was going to be able to do that. But I have to tell you, it's made a huge change for me, huge improvement in terms of being able to manage my weight, my energy, so many things. And, you know, gluten and dairy can cause symptoms that you never even would have imagined, like body pain, joint pain, acne, sinus problems, you know, stuffy nose, stuffy head. You'd be amazed. And of course, the, the difference in being able to control your weight is unbelievable. And the good news is I've found really easy ways to do it because since I've been doing it for two years and I've found ways where I don't have to miss out on bread or, or pasta or especially dairy, like um, creamy sauces. I have found ways to do all of this stuff. You wouldn't believe I made this amazing French toast caster creamy casserole for my family this weekend. There's like a maple pecan cream in it. I mean, it sounds ridiculously decadent, but I did it all gluten-free, dairy-free, and no sugar. Amazing. Nice. <laughs> nice. I know. Okay, we got to have that recipe. Absolutely. I'll have to. I'll have to forward it to you. It's amazing. I just came up yeah. with it this weekend. It was so cool. Anyway, and um, so so that's the food reactions in a nutshell. And then there's the adrenal toxins. So real quick on adrenal toxins, sugar, alcohol, and caffeine. So you know, Anna, you know, confessional for everybody else out there, but you know, Anna, because, you know, you and me, we hang out sometimes and we go and we lecture and we do and we and we and we get to play with our friends. Right. And so when we do, mm -hmm. sometimes we're in a different time zone. We're staying up later than we expect to. Uh, drinking wine and enjoying each other's company and stuff like that. And then we have to get up and lecture the next day. So I don't know about you, but I, I don't always take such good care of myself. So I'll wind up being more tired than I should, not getting quite enough sleep. And I'll do some caffeine in the morning because I, you know, want to be really alert. And then later in the afternoon, I'll be getting tired and I'll do some caffeine again. Well, what does that do? I happen to be a slow caffeine metabolizer like a lot of people, and a lot of people don't realize they are. And uh, and so then it'll make it more difficult to relax at night and to go to sleep. And so then what do you do? You want another glass of wine. And 
it's just a terrible cycle that it's really, I think it's really common to get into. And that's one of the biggest sucks for me in getting, in getting into my burning up stage. And if you're, you know, going to sleep with wine at night and waking up with caffeine in the morning, I'm telling you, you are doing your adrenal glands a huge disservice. You're a, so what happens is, let's say caffeine, for instance, and I know people are, I know you're groaning right now thinking, oh my God, she wants me to give up coffee. No. And then, you know, it's all confusing because coffee, one minute of coffee is good for you, then it's bad for you. You know, one of the things that I think is important to know, if you're tired all the time, I don't think caffeine's good for you because caffeine will, it's kind of like punching your adrenals. You know, you're, it causes your adrenals to make a burst of cortisol, but you have if you have low adrenal reserve, if you're burning low or burning out, or even when you're burning up, burning up will fire, caffeine will fire up your adrenals and it'll make your burning up worse. Or if you're burning low or burning out, caffeine will make that worse. So if you have amazing energy and you love your caffeine, then it, maybe it's not a problem for you. But I see it be a problem for so many of my patients. And especially if you've built a tolerance to it, you need more and more to get the same effect, then you're definitely seeing the downside of caffeine. And, yeah, and if you take a day uh, off and you get the splitting headache, I mean, you know, oh, that's yeah. a consequence. Our, our colleague, you know, Dr. Daniel Amen, you know, he's really big on saying that caffeine decreases blood, you know, it's, it's vasoconstrictive. So you're going to have a, a effect on your brain and, and we want our brain to be as healthy as possible for as long as possible. So, so oh, yeah, I mean, really what you just consider. said is so important. Yeah, and Eamon talks about you are literally cutting down the blood flow to your brain when you drink caffeine, as crazy as that sounds. And that is sure going to cut down on your energy. That's what I would call like your brain energy, because I think there's sort of a difference between your brain energy, your muscular energy. You know, we have a lot of different types of energy that we need. So, yeah, so that's so important. And But the caffeine, the other thing that it does is it actually harms the function of the adrenals. It makes them not function as well. And so it lowers your adrenal reserve. And then sugar is a huge important one, which sort of leads me into the S in crash, which is the sugar roller coaster. So when I talk about the sugar roller coaster, I'm talking about more than just sugary foods and sugary snacks. I'm talking about your blood sugar. So anything that makes your blood sugar go up, especially if it goes up sharply, is going to make it come down sharply because that's what happens. It's like a roller coaster. It goes up, 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 and then crashes down. When your blood sugar crashes, that's a signal to your adrenal glands to try to make cortisol. So if you're burning up, it'll make your burning up worse. And if you're burning low or burning out, then you're not making enough cortisol to begin with. You have a low supply to meet your demand. And then if you're putting even more demand by suffering with low blood sugar, that's going to deplete your energy even more. So essentially what I'm saying is that that you're wasting cortisol that you could be using for stress tolerance and energy, you're wasting it on fighting low blood sugar when you could very easily control that with what you eat. So, of course, you want to get rid of sugary snacks, but you also want to balance your blood sugar throughout the day. And one of the biggest things you need to avoid is simple carbs, starchy type things, you know, like white bread, white flour, white rice, all of that kind of stuff. Like, perfect example what I was doing exactly wrong when I was an OBGYN resident was I started every morning with a cinnamon raisin bagel and a Diet Coke. I couldn't have been doing something any worse for myself. Oh, I know. I didn't know. 
didn't know, I had no idea. And then I would eat a sandwich for lunch and I would tend to eat pasta of some kind for dinner. So I was carving it up all day and on the sugar roller coaster all day long and had no idea that I was wasting energy on that. And, you know, I know a lot of people, you know, have heard the message that we don't want to do white anymore. So now they do brown. So now people come to my office all the time. They tell me, oh, I'm doing great, Dr. Jen. I'm doing oatmeal in the morning. Then I'm doing a granola bar. Then I do a whole grain sandwich for lunch. Then then some, you know, some whole grain pasta or brown rice for dinner. And they think they're doing themselves a huge favor. But you know what the difference in the way that your body converts the whites to sugar rather than as opposed to the browns, it's very minimal. So even when you eat all those whole grain brown foods, your body's converting those to sugar pretty quickly. And that may be sucking your energy. So you need to, one of the biggest things that I think you need to do is to balance that all out with protein. You know, in my in my endless energy program, I teach people the way that I want them to eat. And I think that's one of the biggest changes that they need to make. And as a matter of fact, one of my um, one of my students and in, in, in endless energy was just giving me feedback the other day. And she said, forget three weeks. It was on day two. I started to have more energy. And you know what she did? It was amazing. Susan told me that what she did was she started following my recommendation. One of my one of my most foundational recommendations for getting more energy, having 20 grams of protein within an hour of waking up. Mm. I think that is one of the most important things you can do for your energy and also to lose weight, by the way, because this sends your body the right message on how it's going to burn energy for the day, how it's going to, what its metabolism is going to do for the day, how it's going to take the food that you eat and turn it into energy, because really that's what our food should be. Our food should be turning into energy, and that's what we need it to do. And if it's doing that efficiently, well, number one, then we're using it, so we're not storing it, so we're not gaining weight. And number two, we're having amazing energy. And so the way that I tell people to do this, my first step in the Endless Energy Program is drink, and it's drink a protein shake, because I find, at least for me, I'm a shake girl, and for me, this is the easiest way to get energy for my day. And, of course, in my in my shake, I put my, my Mighty Maca Greens. Thank you very much, Dr. Mm. Anna. Love those. My pleasure. Thank you. And uh, so for those of you who don't know, Anna makes an amazing greens product called Mighty Maca, and it has my favorite ingredient, maca, which is amazing for your adrenal glands and your adrenal reserve. So it's a perfect marriage to have a protein shake with Mighty Maca. Now, I'm pretty particular about my protein shakes, though. I would want them to be gluten-free, soy-free, dairy-free. And so I've created Endless Energy Shakes because I wanted a very particular blend that has the 20 grams of protein and make sure that it doesn't have anything that I don't want in it. And that has been a solution for me and so many of my patients. But if you just can't stomach the idea of drinking a protein shake, then, you know, you want to get some other protein in the morning. You can do eggs. You can do turkey bacon. There's all kinds of choices. And even leftover dinner, have dinner for Mm -hmm, breakfast is a great idea as well. So, But that's one of the biggest things you need to do to stay off the sugar roller coaster, I think. And then that brings us to one of mine and Anna's favorite subjects, which is hormones, the H in crash. So the big thing to understand here is that 
Cortisol, like I said, it's your, your stress hormone. But it's really more than your stress hormone. It's your fight or flight hormone. It's your emergency hormone. It's what your body does when you hit the panic button. So if you've got an emergency going on, your body treats it like it's life or death. And what it's going to do in life or death situations is make cortisol because you need cortisol in, let's say, God forbid, a horrible accident situation. You need cortisol to lift the car off your baby. You need cortisol mm -hmm. and the rush of sugar and everything else that it's going to do for so many things in an emergency. The problem is if you're living at 75 to 85% car accident all day long with little emergencies all day long, your body's cortisol system has just taken over. And that's one of the big reasons you're burning up, burning low, and burning out because you've got all this stress. And then on top of it, you've got all these hidden physical stressors that your body's fighting all day long that now you're starting to know something about. And what happens is then your body can't make other hormones because all of our hormones come from the same place. And so if you make more of one, it's going to compromise the levels of others. So when you make cortisol or your body's trying to make cortisol, but it doesn't have enough supply, then what's suffering is other hormones I call your yummy hormones especially progesterone and testosterone. And those hormones are so important and it compounds this whole exhausted situation that we're talking about because when you don't have enough progesterone, you don't sleep well, you feel more overwhelmed, you feel more scattered and less focused, you get worse PMS, bloating, heavy periods, you can get more fibroids, endometriosis, all kinds of problems that women suffer from and causes them to wind up having hysterectomies. Um, also fibrocystic breasts and things like that, all kinds of misery from low progesterone. Progesterone is just one of the most beautiful hormones for women. It helps you feel calm. It helps you lose weight. It helps you lose water weight. It helps keep away sugar cravings. It does amazing things for you, but you're, but by hitting the panic button all the time, you're depleting that yummy hormone. And then there's testosterone, which People don't realize that women have, but we do. It's very important. We only have a tenth of the amount that men have, but it's so important for our energy, our memory, our moods. Testosterone acts like our emotional shield and helps us stop being weepy and, and all of that stuff. And it helps us stay fit and firm. It helps us burn fat, keep muscle, keep bone. Testosterone is mm -hmm. crucial for even just these untouchable, intangible things like self-esteem and better decision-making, believe it or not. There's just so many things that testosterone does for us. Motivator, it's a great hormone. I think that's and, a great point to make and how important yeah. testosterone is for women. You know, I mean, testosterone is a vital hormone for women, and women tend to forget that, you know, or not know it, or it's never been tested in us. So, you know, why should I be concerned? concerned about it, but in fact, it's a crucial hormone to our health. So testosterone and estrogen like are kind of the reproductive hormones. So when we are stressed and we're, we're depleting our cortisol or pushing cortisol one way or other, our brakes are on cortisol or our progesterone is being depleted, you know, we're, we aren't going to be producing these reproductive level hormones. And that goes true for both men and women. And so we see the decline in men and women with testosterone. Plus your, your points about progesterone, how important progesterone is and pregnenolone, the mother hormones for the brain, for the brain health, for our, our cognition, for our understanding, for our 
our calm, right, to help release our, our calm and also help get a good night's sleep. Testosterone's the same way. I mean, how many clients have we heard over the years saying, I just, you know, I've lost my edge. I just, you know, losing my memory. Is it Alzheimer's? No, you're, 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 you know, pushing cortisol. You're depleting, um, you know, important hormones that support brain function, support your nervous system. And, uh, and so, People, you know, I've had so many clients fearing that they were getting Alzheimer's, and in fact, it was, you know, hormone imbalance and the hormone disruptors, like you mentioned, as as far as adrenal toxins go, those are huge toxins to all our hormones. So, um, yeah, so these are great points you're making, Jen. Thank you. Well, thanks so much, Anna. I really appreciate it. You know, I think it's really, it's so important for women to understand this and for you listening to understand this because, unfortunately, this isn't what your OBGYN was taught. And, right. you know, and that's not your OBGYN's fault, but this is really the way that it is. And this is, this is the, the root, you know, taking care of those hormones is really the root to getting yourself back on track. And one of the biggest points that I don't want to forget to make and to tell people about, so at 28, why, why was I, why was I feeling so bad? On top of, of course, you know, I had a busy job and, you know, I was an OBGYN resident working lots of hours and I wasn't eating right and all of that. But on top of everything else, I was on birth control pills. And let me tell you, I think birth control pills are a huge, huge um, factor in setting off your hormones, setting off hormone imbalance. It lowers your progesterone. It lowers your testosterone. It increases your likelihood of having of being burning up, burning low, burning out. And so, if you're on birth control pills and you fee- and you're doing that for hormone imbalance, it's absolutely, unfortunately, it's what most OBGYNs are taught, but it's absolutely the opposite, backwards, wrong thing to be doing, and and totally messes up your hormones. And you know, so I'm not saying that everybody has to be on hormone replacement. The, but, you know, sometimes hormone replacement can be a really, a really great way to go to, to bridge the gap to getting things back on track. But really, you can do this all from, with lifestyle fixes like we've been talking about. And like I said, I think the protein in the morning and then really having protein throughout the day is probably one of the most important things you can do. Supplements I find can be really helpful. It's amazing what we're finding that certain mm-hmm. supplements, adaptogens, adaptogens which are herbs and and nutrients that help the adrenal glands adapt to whether you need more cortisol or less cortisol so it actually they actually adapt to you whether you're burning up burning low or burning out but certain ones are more beneficial depending on which state you're in and they can really be the boost that you need to start doing all the other things you know you might be saying to yourself well i'm so exhausted how would i even ever follow a program and that's one of the reasons I think it's really important to, you know, to do a, a shake because it's just quick and easy and to take some supplements to help get you back on a better track so that you can follow the rest of the recommendations and really see a huge change in your energy. For me, it's so rewarding when I get the amazing feedback that I do from women and men who tell me that they've seen such a huge improvement in their energy, which has been low for years, and they see such a huge improvement in just a couple of weeks. It's just so amazing and gratifying. And and I hope that I hope that your people listening, Anna, really, you know, try some of these things that I'm talking about today because I think it makes such a huge difference. 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think it's just like, you know, planting the seed, making the recommendations, bringing it to awareness, you know, telling your story. And, you know, when it comes down to it, there are a few a few things that can be um, obstructing us and we think we're doing something good for our body and we don't know. I think I want to just invite our audience to take the burning up, burning out, burning low quiz, <laughs> take your endless mm-hmm. energy quiz to figure out where they are and get the recommendations to help support them. But also, you, know, you mentioned something good, like what what are the things that we think we're doing well and we're not? You know, for example, I, I was with a friend this weekend and he said, you know, I'm drinking orange juice because it's good for me, right? Vitamin C, right? Oh. And I'm like, well, it's okay. Let's look at the label, 22 grams of sugar and, you know, eight ounces. And, and really, we don't want to take anything that has more than five grams of sugar in it. So certainly, I'd rather have you eat the, the orange than the, than the um, drink the orange juice. But even then, we're looking at fructose, fructose is sugar, too. And so that, that concept is like, oh, here, you know, he's like, well, I got rid of the diet soda. I'm like, that's huge. I mean, that, that in and of itself is huge. We have to do things in, in baby steps because diet soda is so polluting to our bodies in so many ways. And again, it makes you hungrier and fatter. So does not do oh, what yeah. we intend to do with it and doesn't taste nearly as good as a regular soda. So why do it? So let's figure out what we what is supporting us and what's not supporting us because those are energy depleters. I mean, diet soda is energy depleters. Caffeine ultimately is an energy depleter. And we have to really recognize that and get balance, you know, balance from it. What was one of the um, – there were some other things that – I mean, there, those are just common, common misconceptions thinking, okay, well, I'm going to eat the whole grain – bread because it's better for me. Well, if we're looking for a state of, you know, you know, weight loss or we have weight loss resistance, we really want to eliminate the hibernating foods. <laughs> the foods that, you know, really, you know, our, our body is going to use for storage. And, um, you know, there's certain times, and this is a person who was an elite athlete. When you're an elite athlete, you need these, you know, you need these higher carbs. You need these foods that are going to give you a uh, good uh, amount of energy over the long term. But that's elite athletes are different than if we're sitting at a desk eight hours a day or inside, you know, you know, half the day or more, you know, 90% of the day right now with winter and it being so cold. Um, so those are things we need to recognize. Okay, what's what's the what's supporting us and what's not supporting us? So you brought up so many good points, and also um, I love your uh, an acronym crash. You know, to look at those key factors that relate to um, what could be driving drivers of the exhaustion, and just being aware of how we can make those support. So. Jen, you know, give us, um, you know, a key take-home message to our audience um, that will they can do right away to, you know, your favorite key to do right away to increase your energy. Well, like I said, I think my I think my number one key is to get protein within an hour of waking up, and then to extend that to get protein throughout the day. And beyond that, I think the other thing that's really important is fiber. And I think most people, when they think of fiber, again, are thinking of whole grains. But that's not what I'm thinking of. I'm thinking Mm -hmm. of fiber from mainly vegetables, actually. So most people don't get vegetables in the morning. But I'm thinking, you know, I add vegetables frequently to my protein shake. I'll add kale. I'll add spinach. I'll add romaine. um, Or, you know, you can add a fiber supplement. 
And um, having fiber will also help keep your blood sugar more stable. And then having fiber throughout the day, you know, most Americans probably only get 15 grams of fiber a day. And mm -hmm. what's recommended now is between 35 and 50 grams a day. Mm -hmm. And I'm not talking whole grains at all, because really whole grains don't even give you that much fiber, number one. And number two, the amount of carbohydrate that goes with it is just crazy. So, you know, I would really recommend looking at alternative fiber sources, but especially vegetables more than anything. And the other great thing about vegetables is that you get your micronutrients. You get vitamins and minerals that you're not getting elsewhere that you need for your body to make energy. So I think a lot of having great energy boils down to what we're eating. And I think making sure that you get protein and fiber within an hour of getting up and then throughout the day will help keep you fuller, longer, and keep your blood sugar stable for longer. And I think keeping your blood sugar stable is probably one of the biggest keys to keeping your energy at a steady flame, burning steady is what I call it throughout the day. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, Jen. And on our um, Couch Talk page, can you give that link for your quiz again, please? For the sure, um, absolutely. Yeah, it's jenlandamd.com slash Dr. Anna. J-E-N-L-A-N-D-A-M-D.com slash Dr. Anna. And, um, and Dr. Anna, I want to remind you, we're going to be doing the Endless Energy Program live here within the next pretty soon. And, um, and I'm going to be doing a live free webinar that um, I would love to invite anybody here who's listening at Couch Talk. I would love to invite them to the webinar. So um, I know you're, I think you're going to be emailing them out a link, right? Yes, I will. And everyone who signs up for the, who takes the quiz too, will be sent an invitation, correct? Yes, absolutely. They will. Okay. Be. And, um, okay, great. and, and yeah, tell us about wait. your show. Gosh, oh, I wanted to mention too, to our audience that you've created a new show, Living Longer with Dr. Jen. So um, can you, before we close, um, can you go ahead and just tell our audience a little bit about that too? Sure. I'm so excited about it. Um, you know, I've been on lots of other people's shows, but I really wanted to create a show that addresses, you know, all the things that we talk about. So Living Longer with Dr. Jen, I was honored to have Dr. Anna on as one of my first interviews. So I can't wait for that to come out. Um, we've just, we're just putting the finishing touches on the first pilots that we did. And um, and basically, it's a half-hour show where we talk about all the topics you want to know more about, how to get more energy, how to lose weight, what are the most advanced things we should be looking at, um, different nutrients that we could be taking, um, you know, and what are the advantages to you, and basically how to not only, of course, live longer, but to live longer with the best quality of life possible, to feel your best for as long as you possibly can. You know, they they say, you know, aging is natural, of course, but personally, I'm going to go down fighting. I want to feel and look the best that I possibly can. And that's what I want to share with you, all of my secrets for looking and feeling my best possible and to help you feel your best possible and look your best possible. And that's what the show is going to be all about.
Absolutely. That's fantastic. And then you also, um, that everyone here who's listening can just, by taking the quiz, can get information right away. Plus, we'll be emailing out about your uh, live webinar that you're going to do, again, addressing the keys to endless energy. And, again, we've learned so much in this webinar. Um, I love what you're doing, Jen, and look so forward to uh, lecturing with you this week and uh, talking more with you about these keys and tips and pearls. I've learned so much from you. Thank you so much for sharing today. And I want to thank all our couch. You are very welcome. I want to thank all our Couch Talk listeners for being on the call with us today and sharing in. And um, always great to have you here with us. Remember, this is a you know, key place to um, share with us, you know, interject questions, to uh, blog, come to our Facebook page. So be sure if you to refer this Couch Talk to your friends. We have it on iTunes as a podcast now, and you can sign up on our website for the Couch Talk so that you can also listen. We always um, invite our live, invite our Couch Talk registrants live to our calls. And I want to thank, again, all of you for being here today. And thank you so much, Jen. See you soon. Thank you.